This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You are watching and listening to Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Are you ready? I'm saying, are you ready? Afternoon, good evening, good day, good morning, good night, goodbye, hello, depending wherever you are in the world, welcome along to LTID TV from Leicester Till I Die. <sighs> We've got to do it. We've really got to do it. Um, did that hurt more yesterday because it was Coventry? Uh, or should we just sort of look at it and go, <coughs> excuse me, look, it was only the fourth defeat and, uh, you know, they are the, uh, the you know, the, 
the end of the the run, as they say, aren't they? As as, as derbies go, it's going to kill me. Uh, but look, it it was a defeat. It was our fourth, but we are still top, so it isn't the end of the world. Um, but we're going to be looking back at yesterday's game and dissecting it. Um, got a few comments just to start with. Uh, Canal says the match day. Uh, I think you're 24 hours late there, mate. Uh, now, Monsieur Arteta says nothing to review here. Leicester have a number of clueless players. Now, I'm sure obviously it isn't Mikel, but if you are as big a fan of Mr. Arteta as I presume you are, if you've called yourself after him, I think when it comes to being clueless, Mikel Arteta's pretty much at the top of that list, isn't he? I'll leave you with that thought. Um, okay, let's bring uh, my guests in. First of all, um, well, it's Beauty and a Beast from uh, from Leicester. Um, you work out which is which. Kate, good afternoon. You went yesterday. Have you uh, got over it yet? Yeah, I'm mostly over it. It hurt a lot yesterday, um, mainly for some of the self-destruct buttons we pressed. Um, but yeah, it, it was a tough watch, um, but we would do a bad game, I suppose. Um, yeah, lots of frustrations, though, to be honest. Uh, well, that, you're one half of the Beauty and the Beast. Like I say, I'm not saying who's who because it wouldn't be fair. Uh, but I'll bring up. I've, co- I've covered him up there. That that isn't me saying that, that he that, is the Beast. That says that says what it is, Kate, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's established who's Beauty and the Beast is redacted. I expected you to come in next to Kate, not underneath us. So I I apologise, sir. Let let me. Let me do that. There we go. Look, that was just that. as a just as a bit of a tip, Neil. Chris always starts low and then ends up going lower. So just so you know, <laughs> no, I very rarely get my standards up that high. To be honest with you, Neil, we don't don't need to press the panic button just yet, do we? It's one game. Yes, there were things I got wrong. He's still a, at the end of the day. I think we were just having a chat. Well, we're getting into some of the things we, we had a chat about later, but. Look, it's one game. Um, if it's if it happens over the next six or seven games, we should be getting alarm bells running. There was things that we could have done better. There was things that I think we actually did well in parts of the game as well, uh, especially in the first half. But look, it's one of the things we've got to take this on the chin and keep going now because we're still in a very good position. Let's not let's be honest. We're in a very very good position. We have got Ipswich next game. We just need to get this game, get another win under our belt. And we'll just continue with where we're going, to be honest. So, yeah, just yeah. kind of like the only issue is we kind of want the next game soon so we can make the correction. But I know we've got a few days until the Monday until we play it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have. But, well, there's two Chris's in the show today. One of them isn't particularly a happy chappy. The other one, I'm sure he is. And I'm not saying that, you know, um, that you know, his fellow fans were celebrating like they'd won the league, but no, you guys say fair play to them. Uh, and say hello, Chris, uh, from uh, Sky Blues Fan TV. How the devil are you, sir? Oh, I'm good, I'm fine. Well, I'm very, very good. <laughs> I can't, so I can't hide my delight at the result. <clears throat> I have yeah. to apologize for my voice because, um, as you could tell, I was uh, there's a lot of chanting and shouting and singing going on from where I was sat yesterday, but yeah. Over the moon, absolutely buzzing with the result. I know there's a couple of comments. I, I saw Deesby Hall's comments and about, oh, well, let them have their day. They're acting like they've won the league. And, and well, I think what people need to remember when, when you see scenes like that, where Coventry have come from, 
uh, over the last 10 years, the, the road that the club's been on and what we've had to go through. Mm. I mean, up until this season, I mean, it, I think over a decade since we last played you in the league. Yeah. Um, it's been that long. Obviously, you've had your successes. You've gone right, obviously right to the top winning your league in, in 2015-16. And at the same time, in, in that same season, we're down at bottom end of League One in League Two. And, you know, it's it's been a it's been a long ride to get back to that level. So that's that's why you're getting the scenes that you got yesterday. <clears throat> so you know, I, I, I get that. And and I said that to uh, the gentleman that runs sort of Sky Blues fans TV because I did put the comment up about celebrating like you know we, we you'd won the league tongue in cheek because that one of my hashtags on there was um, you know well done to be fair to you you know but we've also been down there haven't we Kate I mean you know um, yeah I I understand what Co where Coventry have been but you know we we went out actually went out of business um, we didn't own our stadium. And we nearly went out of business the second time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. oh, sorry. Sorry, Kate. No, sorry. Here you go, Chris. No, no, you do. I'm sorry, I cut you off. It's <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I was I was just going to say I have no problems with fans celebrating. We all, we all get caught up in the moment. And it's a local derby. It's one that's not happened for ages. And we've all been there. And why shouldn't we get caught up in the moment? That's what you go to the matches for. I, I totally, I'm on a level with it, really, because I've lost myself in a scoring opportunity against a game that perhaps isn't all that but you it, it means a lot to you guys it's great to see you want a nice full stadium and I want football clubs to keep going and get supported by by their fans so I don't really have a problem with it but yeah I, it did make me chuckle that comment but it was obviously mm. tongue-in-cheek so yeah. why not why not let your hair down and celebrate it's a great win for you guys. Neil I mean I, I was I agree 100% with Kate and I was just exactly the same uh, when we beat Man United 5-3, you know, which was possibly, you know, the first big win um, before, obviously, what else happened. Um, and yes, you know, it, it is all it is all banter at the end of the day. Um, it has to be said, um, though, Neil, I mean, and I'll come on to Chris about this in a second, and I know it is not indicative of all the fans, but some of you fans kind of put yourself up there to be shot down, didn't they, Neil, with some of the uh, things they hung over the motorway? Well, I get that, but at the same time, that is a... Maybe I have a different take on this. My thing is, the people that tend to complain the most, the people that attack the most, if you've got to attack it, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to give it, you've got to take it. Yeah. A. B. Our fans would do the same thing if it was the other way around, let's not be honest. Um, if it was the other way around and something happened, there would be a certain percentage of our fan base that would do it. Um, whether I like it or not, I think that's if it would be the other way around and we'd go, haha, look at that. Or some of us would go, it's unacceptable. And B and C, um, it's just for me, it's just again, it's it's taking the extreme and going again, just going, and then that's the one that gets the headlines. The reality, majority of people are just. It's just like right getting about their day. Yes, there's a little bit of walkers, but they, they walk out of the stadium <coughs> and they just get on with it. So. I'm not going to try and concentrate too much on the extremes because, yes, there are some dumb things. But again, you put Leicester in the other, you put Coventry in the same position as Leicester, it's guaranteed our fans will do the same thing. I mean, Chris, it's a local derby as well, you know. And to me, as I said on your channel the other night, this to me is the derby. I know, yes, we've had, you know, we've got Forest and we've got Derby. Recently, we've been starved of local derbies because of the nearest yeah. we've had is Wolves and Villa. Um, Let's and as I said on the show, give each other banter for 90 minutes and then walk out and you know go on to the next yeah. game. 
and I know it isn't indicative of all your fans. It is, it is just a few. Um, but I mean, and I've got to say, in fairness, well done to Coventry City. They were the first ones out with the statement condemning it. Yeah, and I hugely condemn it as well. It's not, it's not clever. I know. I, I just, it just makes you wonder like, what mind comes up with the decision to do that. Um, yeah. You know, your club's gone through quite a big tragedy there in back in 2018 and it's like it should never that type of thing should never ever be used to poke fun at another club so mm. i hugely condemn it and i know 99.9 percent .9 of commentary yeah. fans from comments i've read on social media condemn it as well yeah um yeah. that's not that's, a club. that's not the type of club we are and yeah. it's not acceptable on any level no. um i know that we um i mean on the return fixture last August, that there was banners going back, but it was nothing like that. It was just banter. It was like, I think, cover, so-and-so, so-and-so. It was nothing on that level. So that's... Mrs that's Vardy, I'm sure, got mentioned as well a few times. Yeah, and it's just... <laughs> I mean, Kate, do, do, I mean, do we take it in a strange <coughs> way as a bit of a compliment, really, the fact that we're doing so well? And it's something that Enzo sort of hit on, wasn't it? You know, the fact that we're, we, we are where we are not just at the top, but and I, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful to any other team, because this time twelve months ago we were all stitching our wrists and wanting to jump out the top floor window. But the fact that you know we are where we are, how we are, it it almost is a compliment the way people are attacking us. Yeah, I think so in a way, um, but I just think a lot of that fierce sort of a, attacks on on stuff yesterday it was more because it was a derby I don't think it's necessarily because of our successes or failures in the past I think people just get carried away in the moment I think the M69 derby is something of quite a rare occurrence now um, and people like to really hit you where it hurts and say some of the most awful vulgar things um so i i don't take it as a compliment i just take it as there's a really small minority of people who think they're hardest about how they can hurt you and, and say whatever they want really yeah. um and I, yeah i just hope that it's all dealt with because as football fans no matter where you are you should always come home from the match and five people didn't that day and that's a heartbreaking thing to happen to anybody. The same with Hillsborough. It's not. It's not dissimilar in the fact that people lost their lives at a football match. So, I'm just not. I'm not down with any reason for it because there's just no reason you can find to justify any kind of action like that. Neil, I said to Kate, you may remember Kate before the game. I was worried about this game, and because I remember you asking me sort of why, and, and looking back, I was right to be worried. Um, <laughs> worried more than probably surprised because. They've had a bit of an up-and-down season, Coventry, but just recently, I mean, they are third overall, or they were third overall in the form table. I think they've gone up to second now, overtaken us. Um, but in form at home, they were fourth, although we were first away. So it's not a, it wasn't really, a, a, say, a huge surprise. It wasn't like, say, we'd lost to sort of a Rotherham or a, or a Stoke, was it? Um, no, I think, again, Coventry not just in the way that they set up, but the way that they made their substitutions at the right time to go, right, we're not, we're going to go down and we're going to try and again, press that team. And we're going to, so I think their substitutions were really proactive. I think they, they decided right earlier on when they're less retiring, right, let's stick the, let's stick the knife in and really go for it. As my, as I wish that Enzo kind of, 
counteracted that. I don't think he did enough to to really get all three points or get enough out of the game. Even if it goes to one one, right? Let's try and set up and shop shop. Um, but no, I think Coventry have been it, it objectively have been a very good team, especially of recent. I've got a couple of people that I know that are Cov fans that they said at the beginning of the season they were all over the place. Didn't know their final. Didn't know their first eleven. Didn't. There was a lot of new players bought in, um, and now it's now they're the Coventry that we expect them to be from the playoffs last season, where this is the level that they're in. They were, I think, well, Chris will be able to tell you more than myself, but they were towards the bottom of the table. Um, yeah. Not towards the table looking at relegation, but you weren't in a good spot. And then um, they found the formation, they found the best, the first 11, and then they've gone, right, I've got it now. And then they just hit that top gear and I've just climbed up the table. So credit to them, really. Yeah, and, and uh, Chris, I mean, I, at the start of the season... Whilst I was pleased that you'd lost the playoff final <laughs> for obvious reasons, had we stayed up, I would have been quite happy for you to win it because I do like the, the, the fact that we got the, the proper derby back at last. Uh, yeah. But with us going down, I was so happy that you didn't go up. But I actually had you, I, it may well have been even second. I can't remember. Kate's got a better memory than me, but um, I think she's got the, the pictures as well. Uh, not those sort of pictures before anybody says <laughs> <laughs> Steady on, steady on. We're not at 9 p.m. yet. Wait till No, wait. she's not suing me or anything or blackmailing me. Um, but I certainly had commentary up there to, to go up after how, how you'd started, uh, how you'd finished last season. Is this more the real Coventry we're seeing now? Yes, definitely. Um, I think what 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 we struggled with was obviously losing Vic and Hamer in one summer. It was always going to be a big loss and there was always going to be a period of uh, and, and being unstable because of that. I think as with any club, when you lose your big players, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle to find your feet. Um, the some of the players that we brought in, they haven't come in, hit the ground running <clears throat> as we thought they may do, and they've took time to settle. But things are clicking now. He's he's found a formation that works with the players that he has, rather than trying to just fit everyone into the system we had last season, which I think was largely part of our problem at the start of the season. Um, you know, he's he's now gone to more of a four-three-three, and um, it works with the players that we have now, and players are coming on leaps and bounds. Um, and playing so much better than they were at the start of the season. And now you literally go into every game hoping, expecting to to come out with a result. Um, like the Leicester game yesterday, I would normally be of the mindset of, oh, probably going to lose, but I hope hope we get something. Whereas generally yesterday, I went in thinking we, we could do something here, like almost expecting it to happen. They, they come like the little differences as you do start to get a bit of a... When you say success, because obviously last season wasn't really a success because it ultimately ended with us not getting promoted. But the more, the better you do, you start to see confidence starts to get higher with your team. And, you know, you don't go in expecting the worst every week. Um, and then obviously, yeah, so it's just been such a great turnaround now. And actually, yeah, it looks like the only way is up. So what I want from us now going forward is just try and cement a playoff place um, <clears throat> you know, automatics that they've gone. You know, there's no point living in dreamland thinking, oh, well, we can catch up switching Leicester. I think 12 and 15 points respectively is a difference between those two clubs and us. So that's just that's not really possible. I just, you know, don't see the, the clubs above us dropping that many points to get us back in the race. Don't, don't, don't wish to, to, to pee on your parade here, but it's uh, 18 and 25. <laughs> is it? Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> 
Sorry to anyway, sorry. Anyway, it's too far ahead. So actually is. I mean that that that's your season. I mean last season you were fifth, but that's your season uh, form so far this season. And as as Neil said, you were sort of you know uh, feeding amongst the bottom for a while there. We but I, before I let you go, and thank you so much for coming on. Um, and I have to say, well done. Uh, probably overall, we may well have deserved a draw, but maybe not the three points. But uh, as Brad is in, evening Brad, or evening afternoon, it was always going to be a bit, uh, difficult to hold on with 10 men. Um, they do say sometimes, though, it, <laughs> it depends which way the game goes, because people turn around and say, yeah, but, you know, it's, it's hard to beat 10 men. Would you yeah. have beaten, do you think, Chris? Do you think you would have won if it was 11 versus 11? I think there's a chance it could have done. I think, obviously, it would have been a, a lot more difficult to get back in the game. I think there's a chance it may have ended up 1-1 because from my point of view, from where I was sat, it did look like, obviously, you looked dangerous on the counter. You really did. But we were trying to control the ball the first half and we did create chances. There was a great save from your keeper in the first half to turn um, Saka's shot onto the onto the post. Mm -hmm. So I do think there's a chance we could, have, we could have got a draw, even turned it around, even with 11 on the pitch. I do think we were the, still slightly the better team in the first half obviously the lads got sent off just before half time um and obviously but in the second half i actually felt we weren't as good as we were in the first half it wasn't until mark robbins has made his subs uh it seems to really destabilize your defense because up until that point you almost have like a blue wall at the edge of your 18 yard every time we attacked and we couldn't break it down we could not get through it and the subs sort of unlocked it, really. And obviously, the last the three goals came in the last 15, 15 minutes of the game. So I think that kind of tells its own story. Yeah. Um, yeah. From my I point surprised. of view. I was surprised second half, early second half, that you didn't really... Or was it, I was disappointed that Coventry didn't have more of a go. And I was like, this is yeah. kind of easy for us. If we keep this up, we're winning this game. Yeah. Um, unless an individual brilliance, which I hair gave you. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting coming into the playoffs because I think... Coming the four spots, I think Leeds have got one, Southampton's got one, and I think yeah. that's to there's two places. Five and six, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I aim for. So I'll just just keep trying to pick up points where we can. Hopefully, at some point, fifth or sixth can be cemented on for us, and we can have another crack at the playoffs. But even if we do get into the playoffs, obviously you've just named two of them there, Southampton and Leeds. You know, it's going to be a lot more difficult to get to a final, let alone win it, than it would have been to do it last season. No disrespect to Luton or Sunderland. <clears throat> um, it would have been more difficult. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Brad says their beast moment for us was Cannon's chance. 2-0, I think he would have done Coventry. Uh, funny old game. And he's just saying best of luck to Cobb for the rest of the season. But I do feel he has to say that because his mum's a Coventry fan. And she has, <laughs> she has him locked in the basement at the moment. <laughs> so <laughs> I think he probably wants to be to be let out. So he's trying to be nice. In fairness, though, his mum did actually predict 3-1 uh, as a Coventry fan, but she did predict it to go Leicester's way. So wow. there we go. Um, look, Chris, thanks very much. I'll let you go now before we uh, before we sort of start um, talking too much, Lester. But thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I will be on your channel tonight uh, from half seven. So looking forward to that. Just give a shout out um, for your channel. Yeah, yeah, cheers. So Sky Blue Fans TV. Um, pretty much the same channel as this. Talk about everything Coventry and just have a good laugh, good banter and good discussion about, about the game. 
Brilliant. And be kind to me tonight. Don't uh, no, don't no, stick too many knives in. No, you won't see me again tonight. So <laughs> I will try and be kind. No, you've been very kind and very welcome to me. And thanks for having me, guys. I've enjoyed Another it. problem. Uh, and like yeah. I say, well done for the game. Um, you won. Probably deserved it, if we're honest. And uh, good luck for the rest of the season. If we go up, I wouldn't be adverse to you coming up with us. So uh, <laughs> That would be fun. That's great. <laughs> Take care, mate. Thank see you, you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, there we go. Nice to have Chris on there. Sky Blues Fan TV. Um, get over there, give them some banter. Um, yeah, I mean, 3-1, as you can see there. Uh, I didn't want to upset him about the table, but I was just looking at it. That, does, that doesn't sound that much. I'm sure it's a lot more than that. And I've read 25 points yesterday. Yeah, well, when he said that, and I've, I've literally got it up on my screen here. In fact, let me let me, let me me just press a button here. There we go. Um, yeah, and you look like we've got 65. <laughs> um, uh, and I thought, oh, do I say this or don't I? Um, Ipswich, though, Kate, I don't know. I mean, you know, if we say like Ipswich are, 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 are catchable. I mean, everybody sort of didn't really do us a favour yesterday, did they? No. Um, I think Ipswich are still I'm, – I'm not expecting them to falter. I'm really not um, – and by falter, I mean have a blip. I think they could draw a few games and Southampton will sniff blood as will Leeds. So it's definitely between second, third and fourth. Um, yeah. Because you forget, I feel like there's so much football that's been played and you feel like you're coming around the final bend, but we're not at all. <laughs> there's so much more football to be played. Um, and as much I as... Like I feel like I'm going around the bend sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I, not to jinx us or anything, but I just think if we can be 25 points ahead of Coventry or, or probably 20 points ahead of Coventry at the halfway stage, then that can get flipped on its head in the other half of the season, can't it? That's that's how yeah. I, that might be really pessimistic. No, um, no, if it can happen in one half of the season, the reverse can happen in the second half. So we can't rest on our laurels at all. I don't ever think that the team are, mm. but yesterday was a rude awakening and a bit of dynamite up the backside, to be honest, that the teams that are down there that are finding form Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, I felt Cov wanted it a bit more yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's always that that worry with teams that they bring their A games to us, which we've got to learn to expect. Yes, no, you're quite right. And, and, and you said before, Neil, quite rightly, I think the one down to four are going to be in some sort of order come the end of the season. And it is the next last two playoff places that are, are open. And they literally change weekly. I mean, like like Kate just said, yes, teams hit form, but then they seem to lose form for a little bit and then come back again. I mean, Sunderland have been up and down. I mean, they nearly did us a favour yesterday, but couldn't hold on. Uh, Hull City have been up and down into that uh, thing. Preston North End and Norwich were, were both up there before. Um, it is inconsistently inconsistent, this, this league. But that's why that's what we love about the championship. Anybody mm. can finish in those positions. I mean, you go down to 14th, just looking at the table now. 14th, I don't think Bristol will get there, but they're only four points off, six. So yeah. you look at it that way, 14th to six, there's not that many points different. So a lot of these teams were playing each other, winning, losing, and they were taking points off each other. Um, I think it would be good to, to potentially see um, see what happens, but 
yeah, with with the way the the championship is, it's just like this. And I can't predict. I think Coventry are favourites at the moment, but again, it could take a couple of injuries, just like Ipswich, and then mm. they kind of form dips. We might see that it can literally happen. So I'm looking at other teams around them. Hull, I think. I didn't have them for the playoffs, but they've just signed Carvalho on loan. I think that's a yes. great signing for them to try and push yes. them into the playoff spots. Um, Sunderland, Mick Beal's a pretty good manager, in my opinion. I think he'll be okay. Um, Carvajal and West Brom, they're a bit like hit and miss as well. But mm. there, there's some good teams around there. I didn't even realise Watford were that high after that win today. So... <laughs> um, there's, there's loads of teams around that spot. What's great is that we've created that barrier and that cushion. So mm. that everybody's going to kind of keep fighting amongst themselves and worry about them and just go, we don't care about Leicester. We're caring about other people in between us now. So yeah. we're getting each other to fight. And that's kind of, we just kind of, we've got that, not even a cushion, but it's, it's a whole stage above everybody else. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, that's the form table there. I don't know why they've got a red arrow against Southampton because they, they've stayed top. Coventry are now second in the form table. Uh, Bristol City are actually up to 10th. But, you know, the, again, Swansea up to 9th in the form table, Kate. You know, Stoke, and this will annoy Brad because he absolutely hates them, but Stoke are up to 7th. But I remember when we played Preston, they were top. Um, West Brom were up there when we played them. Now they're down to 6th. Um, it is. It, it could go any way. And I am still... And I keep harking on to this, but I am still worried about whether we've got our blip to come. Could yeah. losing Fatawu be the start of that blip? Yes, it could be. But it could also be the return of Casey McAteer and what a little gem he was before his injury. Um, yeah, I'd rather be optimistic than pessimistic. But I know what you're saying, that a lot of teams do have a blip. Um, did Burnley have a blip last year? I can't remember. They didn't but... start as well as us last year, in fairness. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it may well be due. It may well happen. Um, losing Indeedy is massive for us, I think, personally. And the physicality that he brings is something that I don't think we can replace at the moment. I don't think we've mm. got somebody in the squad that can replace that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, a blip can come, but... As we've said, we've got the points on the board, so it's it's up to everybody else to cash in. If we have a blip, other people still have to win or yeah. whatever yeah. to gain to gain momentum on us or to, to narrow that points gap. So mm. I'd, I'd much rather be in our position, you know, looking over our shoulder a bit and being chased than the other way around because I, you're going to rely on – they've got to rely on us to make a mistake to make this – to, you know, Leeds and Southampton, neither of them will want playoff football. Leeds have a terrible record in the playoffs. So, hmm. yeah, I'd, I'd rather have the points on the board. But I think it can be healthy to remind, be reminded of, like yesterday, that the job isn't done. It's no way near done. Um, we've got some injuries all of a sudden and a, and a red card three-match ban. So um, we've made it a bit harder for ourselves. We have, um, but... I was going to ask that. It's like you read me notes here, Kate. Neil, I mean, yes, is it a very timely reminder? And I said this about, you know, the Leeds game as well um, and Middlesbrough. 
um, you know, you, not just Leicester fans. You look at a lot now. Whether obviously the managers and players and fans are playing mind games and sort of you know, was it what was it? Mark Robbins said we are only on loan from the Premier League. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, it, it, it is sort of Alex Ferguson's mind game book, isn't it? Straight from there. But I'm sure Enzo will use this to the players as a let's not get carried away, guys. And I don't think he would have left us anyway. I think the way he's handled it has been great so far in terms of the way that he's managed the expectations. I still, it's still one of my favorite quotes, I think, ever, where, he, where we lost to Hull and he goes, This is PlayStation. This is not PlayStation. This is football, which I think yeah. is the, one of the best ways of looking at again and go, Yes, that's yeah. exactly that's what we're uh, people that see it for a longer time because there's a lot of people coming out going, This system not working a lot because we lost one game out of I can't remember how many it was. But look, we, the way that we're playing, the way the football we're doing, a blip is what Ipswich are going through now. That's a proper blip without their main striker and a couple of injuries away. away and you're seeing the team kind of fall apart. Um, we've gotten like losses and draws and things like that. We've just lost one match. Now, mm. if this continues to happen, I'm with you, but I think it shows the frailties a little bit with A, we've this is the first red card we've had in quite a while, and B, with this formation, as great as it is, when you go a player down, there isn't like a plan B. And that's kind of part of my issue as well. Um, mm. When Coventry made their substitutions, um, I was looking for us to kind of do the same. I think it was a great... I was listening to Matt Piper on Coventry, and I think you make a really good point where why not stick Mark or Brighton on? For the fact is, he's going to give you the running. He's going to give you the legs. He's going to kind of like right. I'm going to. I've got twenty minutes. Got thirty minutes. Let me just run and chase everything. Let me go into like defend back and get forward and try and whip in across the cannon, which we've seen work before with Cassidy recently. So, I didn't quite understand what Enzo did, and I don't think he was proactive as uh, as Robbins. But at the end of the day, he's still a new manager. He's going mm. to make mistakes. You look at what Arteta's currently doing now, where, where, we, where we went for that awful pitch and majority of majority of the fans wanted him out. We've not had anywhere near that with Enzo. We've just lost one game. It's the first time we've conceded three goals in a game and two mm. of them came late. Enzo's probably going to look at that, in my opinion, and go, right, I've got to learn from this. This is, this is not going to be easy. Glad they're happening now ne rather than when we're in the Prem next year. Because then we're in a real spot of trouble. And we don't lose 3-0. Man City come to us. They tire us. We lose 5 or 6. But yeah. if, if a better team comes up against us. So we're better to use our training. Uh, Coventry is a bad sound. Coventry is like a training game. So we're getting our mistakes now. When we come into the Premier League with better players, we're going, OK, I've learned their mistakes. Now I'm getting the promotion. Um, I know how to deal with these situations a little bit better. So I'm glad yeah. these things are happening now. Even things like Ips, um, Ipswich. Ipswich you want to learn from. And same thing with Leeds when we lost to them as well. Yes. Kate, let's let let's um, address the elephant in the room, shall we? Um, Fatawu and the, the red card. I mean, he's come out today and he's apologised. And it's nice to see the captain on the day, Ricardo, backing him up on social media as well. Uh, it was nice to also see that Enzo didn't come out and not blame just him, but any of the players, which makes a, a lovely change from what we were listening to post-matches last season. Um, look, he's young, yes. And yes, I was annoyed at him. I was almost more annoyed, not at him. It was, it was a reckless challenge. It didn't need to be made. It was in their half. We were 1-0 up, a minute into three of injury time. Why? 
But look, it happened. What I think I was annoyed at is I think it was a red card. And I don't think that we will necessarily um, ask it to be reviewed. Um, but if that was a red card, surely our penalty, which again, I think the referee got right. You know, I know a lot of people saying he didn't have a lot, you know, a, a very good game, but he got, I think he got the two decisions right. But I think what he got wrong was they should have both been red cards. Yeah. I mean, in real time, Fatou challenged challenge looked worse than it was as soon mm. as he left the ground i was like he's off he's off he's off the referee actually who frustrated the hell out of me yesterday which is a separate issue he could not get his cards out quick enough it's like he had a pocket full of sweets um he couldn't get his card out quick enough and i felt I you felt don't mean was, darren england the ex premier i mean league the uefa i mean the uefa licensed premier league referee Darren England who's going to be doing Champions League games which I can't wait for that mm. referee um I just thought he was um yeah he was reckless I've seen it back and I think you see some give a booking and you see some not yeah. um and I think it's the same with the penalty what what is a bit odd in that both challenges you can understand red and you can understand a yellow but you'd yeah. like to think when it's the same person giving that decision they they'd be the same decision. <laughs> um, so that's what I kind of struggle with. If it was one referee looking at one incident and one referee looking at the other, it's open to interpretation. But when it's the same referee, I don't really understand that. But I found that throughout yesterday, there was yellow cards handed out like confetti, but not in the opposite. Um, I just felt it, I just he didn't really get a grip of the game for me. But Fatawu was reckless, but he's 19. And you know what? In that couple of minutes that it happened, we were actually starting to gain the momentum with the press. Our pressing game was poor up until that point, but we smelt blood a bit. We, we, I think we were after a second before half-time. Mm. And Fatou, and I can't remember the other player who was pressing in that in that part of the pitch, they smelt blood. And it was he just got a bit, he just got a bit overexcited and, and lunged in. And I can understand why it's a red. I just wish I, I just wish you would see more of what used to happen in the past where the referee would book him and say one more of them mate you're off you just don't get that anymore it's almost like a bit of a drama and a bit of a pantomime that the cards come out quite quickly in whatever game you seem to watch there's a lot more red cards i feel these days than hmm. than 10 years ago i mean neil do we also need to see linesmen getting a little bit more involved because i'm always hearing and don't get me wrong you know, if, if it would have been in the Premier League, both those decisions would have gone to VAR and God knows we would all, all, all we would guarantee is that we wait in five minutes for a decision. But do we need the linesman, who I think was on that side, wasn't he? And do we not need linesman or linesperson, as they're called these days, sorry, um, to sort of step up? Potentially, but that's up to... If, I'm not... It's kind of a minor issue. If you just get the decision right, we won't be having these conversations. But mm. um, I think the main thing at the moment is, um, yeah, that's a really good point, actually, the penalty. Um, the main thing is I'm still, even though we, the, the result went against that decision, I would still prefer having this and having the season we've had compared to having VAR. Yes, because even though it went against us, even though, again, the technology isn't the problem, it's the officiating. Mm. Now we do have problems in the championship, but it's been a lot more fair. It's been a breath of it's I won't say a bit of a throwback, but before VAR, um, it was brought in to try and help and make things more fair and get decisions like this more right. But you when we were in the Premier League and just this season as well, they've still got problems. I would say teething problems, but it's worse than that. It's way worse than teething problems. So 
well, in, the in the championship 20 years ago you would never have said we've been relegated to the championship and we can now celebrate a goal you would never have think of uttering that sentence, but now you can. Gary Lineker said exactly you have to the same. that sentence because of VAI, taking the, the, the euphoria out of a goal. But the Gary technology is objective itself. It's coming back, it's coming Sorry, back to our referees. The actual, because, for example, people forget that this happened in the 2018 World Cup and there was no problems, but they didn't have any. I think they had one English ref. So it shows you the standard of refereeing in other countries is better. Um, and that, that just, just, I think it's an objective fact at this point. When we watched that, was there many problems at the World Cup in terms of VAR? Not really. Um, so it shows you, and they had VAR in there. Champions League, there's not as many problems with VAR as there is with English. So, it, so what's the common denominator? It's RFs and the system yeah. that's in charge of it. So VAR itself is technology. It doesn't have a pro or against bias. It's the ref that just aren't getting the decision right. You're right. And like, like you say, I agree with you 100%, Neil. You know, I'd sooner have the fact that if a mistake is made, yeah, all right, it's down, maybe bad refereeing, but the human, it's human error at the end of the day, rather than them taking five minutes, 24 lines, playing noughts and crosses, and then, you know, waiting for the decision to come through. But... Just go back. It was it was a red, wasn't it? But should the penalty have been a red as well? I mean, I keep hearing this phrase, and I don't understand what it means. Double jeopardy. I but thought double me... jeopardy just applied to the keeper. The double jeopardy right. just applies to the keeper. Right, okay, uh, I don't know. I can say yeah, I so a, keep, a keeper can't foul and then get sent off and give away a penalty. It's one or the other. So hmm. um, yeah, they don't penalise a keeper twice for the penalty and the red. So, but it can happen to a defender, if um, especially if they're the last man. If it's not yeah, the last one, it's yellow. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's a red because when I've seen it back today, it, I mean, I thought he'd actually took him out um, in the in the body area when I saw it in real time. So I was quite high up and I thought I thought KDH was really badly winded at one point. But then when I've seen it back today, I mean, his studs are flying in. If KDH's leg was on the floor, that's the career ender. And I know that sounds really cliche, but it act, it, it's horrendous. And the same with Fatawu. He, he could have caught his ankle and snapped his ankle. Like Both were not in control of their movement at that point. They couldn't have pulled out of that challenge. Neither of them could have done because they had too much momentum mm. and it, it was dangerous play. And, and Neil, I mean, the referee uh, later in the game got in the way. I'm not sure which player it was. Got in the way of a, of a Leicester move. Apologised. But he should have stopped the game and done a drop ball. But he didn't. He just said, I'm really sorry. Carry on. And Coventry, I don't think Coventry scored from it, but it was a Coventry attack. Yeah, I mean, that's just down to, again, officiating and bad officiating. Mm. And the, 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 role, the rule is, if it hits the keeper, you stop where you play. Whoever was in possession just kicks off dead ball from there. That's mm. the rule. So just play. people go, whether you disagree, that is the rule. So why isn't it being implemented in the right way? Yeah. So... Yeah. In terms of the Fatal, I think I understand why it could because of the because of the reckless nature of it, which I understand. I still think the situation with I've got what his name is the Coventry player is worse. Um, but I would have thought beforehand, even though it is a bit reckless, maybe it's because I've been watching football. That's the kind of foul that I go. That's what we call an orange card. That is, you do that one more time and you're off. But I don't think that's a straight. Yes, it is reckless. But I've seen them tackles and I've seen 
before less reckless, more reckless stuff being given as a yellow, and the referee goes, "You do something else again, and um, and then you're off. You do one little mm. one little thing, and you're off." That I think is in that category of like an orange card, more than a yellow, but like a slightly, slightly amber. So well, don't start. I had this argument yesterday with Luke about orange cards. <laughs> do you know what I mean, though? It's there. not. It is more than a yellow. It's it's a, it's a strong yellow. But you're going to them. It's. I don't think it's as. I understand the logic of a straight red, but mm. it's. But yeah, you I'm not. Want to send red. players off. You shouldn't want to send players off because whatever moment of the game, it changes the the course of the game. I and think officials is. just need to keep that in mind as well. Like that, if if you have to do it, then fair enough. But if you can just warn the player, it was before half time as well. Say to Patawu, it's the booking. Anything else from you, and you're off. Yeah. Not, you've got an inch left. Um, and I just, you just don't see it. You just don't seem to see it anymore. No. Any warnings, verbal warnings given. Look, like, like you said, nine, nine yellow cards and one red. So 10 cards given out, um, almost a full teams with the cards there. But, you know, um, Kate, I don't understand. Explain to me the logic. Because to me, yes. And as you mentioned earlier, Neil, about Old Brighton coming on, to me, one of the best forms of defence is attack. Because if you're attacking them, then they're not going to be attacking you. So maybe, you know, you, you, you know, it, it, that's an option to who you bring on. I did not get McAteer, and sorry, not McAteer coming on. I did not understand um, Mavadidi going off. Player of the month, top goal scorer of the month. Uh, suddenly, like it was almost like taking out half our teeth, and uh, you know, when we're, we're no longer able to bite anything. Are you talking to me there? Sorry, yes. oh, yeah, yeah. You, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a strange one. I was happy with the change initially, um, because I was with you in that I think attack is the best form of defense. I think Mavadidi had been fairly quiet, as had Fatu actually, yeah, up until yeah. these couple of minutes. <laughs> Um, yeah. he, they've both been really, really quiet. And that wasn't really through any fault of their own. There was a lot of sloppy play in that first half an hour. None of us could get a foot on the ball particularly well. Um, but, yeah, I expected another change quickly. Like, pre-60 minutes, I expected another change. I, I do think, as Neil sort of said earlier, that we got to 70 minutes. And I was a bit like, well, nothing's happening. They've not, they've not threatened us at all. I didn't think we particularly parked the bus. We just, when we were out of possession, we were just steadfast more, and um, we wanted to. We wanted a second. You know, we definitely wanted mm. a second. Um, I just expected more reinforcements because it was such a big ask to go forty-five minutes against such an informed team with the crowd behind them. I just felt at seventy seventy-five. I looked at KDH, she was looking a bit leggy. Um, James people, some of them were blow, some of them bent over at times ca to catch their breath. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think it wasn't for me, Enzo's excuse was, well, we're coping with it. And yeah, we absolutely were coping. We didn't really give a lot away. But for purely concentration and fatigue purposes, you've, you've got to help them out. Halfway through that half, more changes should have been made. And all Brighton, Pratt, both really reliable players who you know can be disciplined enough to get the job done and over the line. I just, it was just disappointing that the change didn't happen until 80. Um, and I don't think Hamza's a particular, I don't think Hamza's a reinforcement of such when you're protecting something because I don't 
quite think he's there with that kind of play. But Albrighton and Pratt are more trustworthy in that kind of in that kind of position. So it was disappointing and he got it wrong for me because even though the guys did valiantly well, they were blowing. Yeah. And should have been able to see that. They're not robots. Eleven minutes, uh, Neil. Uh, when they uh, before the end when they scored so yeah you know we'd gone sort of 79 minutes with 10 well not all with 10 men but we're still one nil up we went one nil down and then we take off our one attacking threat in cannon uh, again bringing on chowdhury um was that right you know obviously he was, he was trying to defend what he'd got but defending defending a one all is not it's not <laughs> not something i'm particularly happy with but it's the circumstance of this the team in good form. They are, again, they're pressing. And it's when, for me, it's when Robin's made the substitutions. We've seen it before where an opposition has made the substitution and they've got, I've got a solution for that. This, this, this player's coming on. And it counteracts mm. that beautifully. He didn't do that in this game. For me, I think Hamza should have come on earlier. I think Hamza could have, a lot of them balls were being wooded in the midfield. So mm. Hamza's brilliant at that. Get him on. Go, right, your job is to hunt down the ball, create the, create the challenge, win it high up and just give it to somebody. Even if it's not going, just give it to somebody. Um, all bright and the reason why I bring him on, not for attacking purposes, more for defensive. Because you know he's going to run himself into the ground defensively um, and he's yeah. going to work back with the players. KDH probably should have come off and you've got, again, as mentioned, Dennis Pratt could be another example. Um, Connor Cody could have come in and done Even something. Doyle. You know, even Doyle. Doyle, because I think J James Justin was blowing, um, because he was doing a lot of running. I was, I was just surprised was it was that went off, and then even more surprised that we only made two subs. And to run down the clock, use three mm. separate time slots of substitutions, run down the clock, like that kind of side of the game as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think that exactly. So, and we've got the experience on the bench. So the likes of Connor Cody, the likes of Mark Albrighton, um, McAteer is not. He's a luxury player almost that when things are going well, you can bring him on or you can start him in games, but then we can start rotating. When you're in this situation, you have to rely on your older guard to get you through it and grind out a 1-1. And part of that is Mark Brighton. It's Cody that have been, look, lads, we've been here. We've done it. We know what we're doing. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Get us on the pitch and we'll be able to sort this out. So Callum Doyle, um, as much as I kind of agree... I would say that for, for rotation purposes, you need leadership to go. The, the crowd's <clears> against <throat> us. Everybody's on our back. What do you need in that situation? You need leadership. And mm. Hamza, is, I, I agree, but he's not that leader the same way that Cody is, the same way Albrighton is, and what that knows to mean to that team. So 
it's um it's frustrating, but it's the we can see the problem, and I think Enzo's cleverer than us. If he, he, he I think actually um, Winks had a good game. I genuinely think he was leading yeah, from that midfield. Um, yeah. so I'm not having this where um Winks does a lot of work, but he does it because he's not on the ball a lot of the time. People aren't watching it. The movement he's making, he's telling people to go in different directions, but having Hams alongside him would have just helped solidify that midfield a little bit more if he would come on earlier. Um, So, yeah. So, overall, I think we just needed a little bit more. But we're talking about 80% of the things in the game we did, in my opinion, get right. It was just then 20% that I think we could have done better with. So, if it it was not a complete disaster, but this is the kind of thing where we could have turned a draw, we could have got a draw out of that game, and we didn't. And and also, other teams, if I'm looking at that Southampton, because Leicester lost 3-1 today, in the same way that, you know, when they lost 5-0 to Sunderland, they went, they lost like that, and it's kind of, they smell blood a little bit more. Now, again, it's only one result, so I'm not going to get too carried away with it, but Enzo's still a young manager, he's going to learn, and, he, and this situation, again, is better to happen now than when we're against a top opposition, because we will get absolutely smashed. And it's better for it to happen now, Kate, when, you know, we are 25 points above seventh or whatever it is, you know. And, uh, uh, and you know, this, this is a team that, and I mean, this annoys me when people say like, oh, you're a Premier League team. And I mean, we, you know, it's, it's half of the team is new. Yeah, let's be honest. So they are in a way, and this is what the Coventry, you know, fan said earlier, didn't he? You know, about players still gelling. And technically... That, that's us as well. You know, we still got to say that these players have got to gel. Um, interested to get your thoughts on 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 Cashaday. When well, we were going to obviously wait the players later, but um, uh, I mean, he looks like he wants to. He's going to be Enzo's first choice uh, without Indeedy. Um, I just thought yesterday's game was so frenetic from the start. You know, I was, I was watching it, and I don't know if that came, was how it was came across at the ground, but. I'm like, these players are going to be knackered after half an hour. It literally was sort of end, end, end to end. And I don't think we've necessarily been used to that much this season, have we? Yes, possibly Leeds, you know, did it to us. But they kept, they did a job on us, Coventry, didn't they? Yeah, I think Sunderland were a bit the same when they played us as well. Mm. They, they they removed us from our comfort zone and changed the pace of our play. And we, we weren't totally in control of the pace of our play. And I thought the first half an hour, 20 minutes in particular, was really scrappy. Um, but for me, Caster Day is, if we're talking about a blip, and I hate to hang this on somebody, but if we're talking about any kind of blip, he's going to be at the centre of it for me. Because yeah. he's in such a pivotal position... And he's not anywhere near where we need him to be. I know he's young and you can give him all of that and he's still learning, et cetera, et cetera. But he is just, he was so far off it for me yesterday. Um, just absent, not really going in for tackles. Um, he's he's actually unbelievably slow. I, I've not seen him at full pace or running the length of the pitch, but I saw him run the length of the pitch quite early on in the first half and he was treading treacle. Um, and... Yeah, he just he looked lost, and I, I completely understand he's he's a young lad and he's still finding his way. But we can't afford to carry somebody like that. And I'm just worried. I said this on Twitter last night that he's just going to get played and played and played, and that's the worry for me because he's he's, he's a half he's a half player that that we can't carry. Would you agree, Neil? I didn't think Cassidy was too bad. I've seen him have worse games for us. 
Um, but I, I hear your point, Kate. I just think that there isn't really a lot of, well, if, if it's not him, then potentially Dennis Pratt, but Dennis Pratt's head's probably not in the game. That's why he's barely, barely playing at the moment. You, oh, just... you know with Dennis Pratt, he'll come on for 10 minutes and get injured. And we can't afford to lose that if we're trying to sign the likes of Sensei, um, yeah. which it looks like we, we are trying to do. And um, Then you've got, again, Eunice, who I think it wasn't his kind of game. You needed somebody more physical in that position because mm. Eunice, I think he will be a good player, but he gets most of the ball. I think that team that he set up with would be the team that I start start with. Yeah. Um, but, but my argument is Cassidy isn't physical. So if you're not got a physical Cassidy, would you prefer would you prefer a Eunice? I would have gone with that. I think I Eunice like is a really underrated player, but I think he has to have a run in the team against lower oppositions first, not get thrown into a game like this. And I think Cassidy from the previous game showed that he was worth starting. Now, do I think he should start the next game against? Uh, I put Eunice in for the next game against Ipswich, to be honest with you. Um, but Cassidy, I think he's coming to form of recent a little bit more. Um, but I'm with you. When I've seen him, I remember the first, when he played against Cardiff, and I was like, even though he scored the goal for the winner, I was unimpressed for the exact same reason. He just looked like he was his movement was slow. He looked like he was jogging instead of running at times. Um, when he received the ball, he seemed to slow down the play. Now, he's got better at that, but I'm not fully convinced. Um, and, he by missed him. Goal, and he missed a fairly... A really good chance yesterday. That move, that link-up play, which was KD8 at the centre of it all, and he, he didn't even hit the target. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a great move, and he didn't hit the target. And that, that's the that's the frustration. Well, that was, it was pretty close, Kate. But from where he was, you've got to hit the target. Yeah, yeah. He was trying well, to go around the goal. goal that range in our squad. That's 2-0. Mm. Yes. And you mentioned this. Uh, Neil, well, we could stick with you on this one then. No Fatawu, Eunice or McAteer? <sighs> it's, I don't know. I'd go for McAteer just because of his goal scoring record and things like that. Um, mm. but I'm not sure. I th- and it depends on how Ipswich play. Do we need somebody that's more technical and can get past a player than the Eunice? But if we want somebody that's going to arrive in the box late, and in my opinion, I think McAteer's physicality has actually slept on as well. I think he is quite a physical player and will take a man on um, and track back. So I, I'll probably go for McAteer, um, to be honest with you. But if either of them start, I'm happy. Same to you, Kate. I'd have McAteer. I, I think he's a. I think he's a gem. I think he's going to be a bit rough around the edges for a bit because he, this injury has clearly hampered him a bit, and he was on such good form before that. Um, I think he offers a bit more defensively for us as well. I think he did all right defensively yesterday. It was a hard game to come on to, um, and I think it was their number three, was it De Silva, and that Ellis Sims who came on gave him a headache. And I thought him and Ricky P did okay on the whole. The one time they got through <laughs> was the goal. Um, but I, yeah, I like McAteer a lot and I think he's got such potential. But um, I'm happy with either. Like Neil said, it depends on the, the opposition. Yeah. And yeah. It, I, I, I will keep quiet. Great then, my choice. Choice. Let me just put it that way. No, I would probably have gone for Eunice. But I think the thing for me with McAteer is. I've forgotten how good he was earlier in the season. 
if that makes sense. Because it's been it a while. Brilliant. He was brilliant. He was, yes. But it's been a while since we've seen him in the team. And I'm kind of forgetting, like I say, how good he was, if you like. Do you know what I mean? And that's probably why. Um, but look, you know, as you say, either or, it's really... Um, I mean, well, how spoiled are we saying that? Last year, yes. we'd have had about any for 10 minutes, please. <laughs> no, you're quite right, you know. Yeah, who did you say then? Just anybody for 10 minutes. Oh, either I, them for 10 I minutes. thought you said, Tete, I was going to kick you out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, but hey, that's how bad it was, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Uh, and you can see there, 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 there's the shot stats, and I think that pretty much does sum, sum the game up, especially, like I say, after we went down to 10. Um, and if we go on there, and it's not often we've been outpassed by many teams this year either. And I did notice, I mean, 641 there to, to 407. I did notice, Kate, Hermanson was taking like he wasn't doing short passes out from the back as much it was a yeah. lot of kicking up into the opposition half and unfortunately of course when you do that you don't always necessarily hold on to the ball yeah absolutely he had to change things up a bit yesterday didn't he um mm. yeah it, it it was a tough it was a tough ask it was a, it was a big a big challenge yesterday um and we fell short um but we can learn a lot from it i think mm. the guys on the whole the, the second half was was good and then I think fatigue concentration came in in that into that last 10 minutes and and that's where fresh heads are needed and forget the formation sometimes just protect what you've got yeah, yeah. um so I, I honestly think and I said earlier I think if we if, if, if it's 11 versus 11 it's, it's a different match Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, totally different match. Totally. Yeah. We were, the 35 to 45 minutes, we were growing into the match and just kind of taking over. I mean, Coventry may well have responded second half with 11 versus 11, but I still yeah. didn't feel particularly threatened. No. We've looked uh, better in the second half of the games. We've come into a few games going, we've been pretty crap the first half. Second half, we just switch it on and it's sometimes, I'm, come on, you're not back up in the stands and, oh, already scored a goal. Oh, crap. Well, I missed. And um, and it's the same thing. So we we have a habit of like we grow into games. And the fact is, I think we didn't give it enough time. If Fatal was in the game, or even if it's, I think if it goes to 10 to 10, a 10, 10 versus 10, I think that'll be a really interesting game because both managers' tactics kind of out the window then because the yeah. formation, they haven't got the players for the formation. So a 10 versus 10 would have been more fair. And that would have been really interesting to see what both teams do because that's not something that people prepare for. No, and I think the fact that we held on till seventy nine minutes, you know, at that time you started to think, you know, we could actually still, still, still do this. Um, interesting point there, Neil. Nobody from either team had a shot from inside the uh, six yard box for the whole game. For the whole game. Okay, but the thing is, with the goals that they scored. It's not like, you know, sometimes, especially even last season, we were clinging on for dear life and they were just getting peppered mm. with shots. Here it was like the only the only problem that I had was that it was more to do with Coventry's brilliance than our absolute calamities. Mm. Um, and in terms of even the three goals they scored, it was a couple of good touches and a good finish through a crowd of people. We weren't getting absolutely smashed the one that I think about is um, comes to mind. We're one nil up against Southampton at home, mm. and we lose two one. It could have been three one four one. Could be way more than that. 
because our defence just completely capitulated. Um, you could say there's, uh, but but the scoreline wise, that was less than this. So I think the scoreline flattered them, but they did deserve the win. But we were down to ten men. I think, so, they did, yeah. Overall, you got to say when you look at the game as it was, they 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 did des deserve it. Maybe just sort of two one. I mean that heat map there. To be totally honest with you, I think it sums up a. 11 versus 10 game you know and the fact that you know Leicester very rarely got past the you know halfway point into into their half but this one's for you Kate and I don't know if they'd be able to see this because unfortunately they do it they do it in blue and it doesn't really show up very well against the black background uh but that's Cassidy's heat map are you able are you able to see that at all yeah I can see that I feel yeah. like I'm on those eye tests yeah, I know it is. Yeah. I have got glaucoma. <laughs> One or two. Yeah. I've changed the colour, but because it's different shades of blue, it doesn't work. I've got glaucoma as well, by the way. Um, I mean, in fairness to him, he was all over the pitch, wasn't he? That's when I, I, I always seem to try and pick a player and think that I'm not kind of I want to see where they've been. Um, because it's quite it's been quite telling with the strikers this year about how, how deep they've all they've all come. Uh but yeah, he, he got around a bit, didn't he, Kate? Yeah, he did, but that's what happens when you chase shadows. <laughs> well, fair point. <laughs> fair point. Um yeah, I mean uh, sorry, sorry, I sound a bit mean there, but he's just not physical enough. There was quite a few 50-50s, even he lost most of them. Um mm. I don't Think he, I think he can read the game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think he, yeah. he probably does put himself into the right positions, but it's then mm -hmm. when he's in possession or can threaten or tackle, I'm just left wanting a bit, really. Yeah. Do you yeah. think he was the worst player on the pitch yesterday, barring for Toe? Yeah, I do. Comfortably for me yesterday. Okay. What did you think? Um... I'd agree. I think Fast was close because he kept. He was good at. He was. He, he did some really good stuff, but he kept giving silly balls away in certain positions as well. But overall, I'm with you because he didn't, <laughs> it was more like a major mistake. I'm pulling my face because I know what's coming up in a minute <laughs> with Neil. So, um, but no, I mean I yeah, that, that, that's up. fine. I, I I don't. You know, like you say, he didn't really. He struggled definitely. I, don't, um, well, I think as well, he's come with a lot of pressure and a lot of hype, and I do try and ignore yeah. that. But I think when you consider the other youngsters in the team, um, that like under 22s or KDH is only 23, um, he's yeah, 25, isn't he? Oh, I thought he was 23. Um, yeah, so there's younger players in the team, and I I think he's short of those, yeah, even if you, if you even if you just group the younger lads together. Like Casey as well, and Fatabu and Mavadidi, and that you know, I just think he's he's short of where he needs to be, and I'm I'm yet to see why there was such demand for him. The, we're going to sort of look at the individual players in in, in a second, but uh, wasn't able to sort of connect with you uh, mobile wise yes. uh, post match yesterday because uh, they don't have. Wi-Fi in Coventry. Or radio. My car radio wouldn't play until we're on the M69. <laughs> it's Coventry. It's in a hole somewhere. I know. Um, they were flooded. That's what it was. Um, but from both of you, so as well, Kate, um, what was your um, overall team performance out of 10? Seven. Seven. Okay. And um, Neil? 
six. Six. Well, as you know, Alan, who goes to the match, does our um, team rating and our man of the match. Um, and he gave them a five. Which wasn't as bad as Luke's um, four. I think Luke got oh, a Luke, very yeah. hard. I know. Well, he did want to punch O'Hare because he'd, he'd got a punchable face, which <laughs> I think I think he was feeling the pain a little bit, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I must admit, I went, I went for a, um, I went for a, a six. I've got to be honest with you. Um, what we also didn't get was um, your man of the match. So first of all, Kate. KDH was my man of the match for me. KDH. To be honest, and... when we came away from the stadium, it's very interesting how it looks so different at the game and then when you watch it back, and I've watched the extended highlights today, I, the stadium, a lot of around people around us and the guys that I go with said that Wu had a great performance because some of the things he did were magnificent yesterday. And then when I've watched the extended highlights, like he gave away some really shocking passes, yes. um, which you just kind of don't... You can do both. You can do both. It's so easy. So Woot, I thought Woot was outstanding in the flesh yesterday. I thought I thought he was really, really good. And then I've seen some of the hospital passes he played, he played which was actually the, the far end of the pitch to us yesterday. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting how TV and, and being live can, can differ. But KDH was, was superb. I was worried about the penalty because I thought he's just been absolutely clattered and he was down for a good while. But fair play to him, a great pen. So, I was yeah. surprised because I, was, I suddenly started to think, when, when we won the penalty, I was starting to think, shit, who's going to take it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, your man of the match, Neil? I mean, it's hard to look past KDH as well. I think Jane Justin had a pretty decent game, but again, I think he just ran out of steam. Apart from that, I think, again, people like Vestergaard had a steady Eddie kind of game. I don't think he did anything wrong, but I, I can't give him out of the match. So, yeah, with that, no. I'd, I, I'd say, I, I must I'd admit, think. I've kind of gone for Winks because only because I think at the end of the day, I was struggling. Um, and it, it is like a go to man of the match. Joyce, isn't he, Kate? Uh, yeah, Winks was my was up there for me because yeah. yesterday, I mean, you know, when someone gets the ball, there's like three people around him, and you're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh no, it's okay, he's done it, it's fine, he's made it look so easy. Yeah. <laughs> I get more yeah. stressed about watching him than he does in the situation. He's just so calm, and is, you think he's going that way, and you think you're going to run into trouble, mate. Don't do that. And then two seconds later, he's turned around, passed it, and broken through a couple of players, and he's just magnificent to watch. Yeah, he's yeah. brilliant. It, there was a couple of times, and I said, it's different watching it on telly when you're looking at him, you're thinking like. What's he doing in the championship? You know, on that. Oops. Um, he's gone all green, has uh, has Neil. Probably Norton's green room. Oh, get it back. Yeah, I've got, got the chair ready to go. I thought it was because of my next slide, which was Alan's man of the match, which I was I was sort of going at having just heard your last comments. Uh, but he actually went for about phase. Mm. Yeah, I mean until I watched the highlights, the match, that was my choice. That was my choice before yeah. I watched the highlights today. It is funny. It is different on highlights to there, which is which is why I always ask Alan to come up with it because he always is there. He goes to every single match. You know what I mean? So he's a season ticket holder and he goes to every away game. And he, you do see things differently when you're there that we don't see because we don't see necessarily you know off-camera incidents and what have you um so he has gone for for about phase 
Um, just to say that coming up, um, this, this is Kate's favourite bit, on Tuesday, check out the BBC website uh, on the Leicester City page, bbc.com forward slash LCFC uh, for the fans voice. You haven't worked it out. I've got to write that actually when I come off here. I haven't decided what I'm writing yet. Um, we are nearly, it's up to you. I don't know if you want to stop and join in, but we're going to go through um, the player ratings. Did you want to stop for that or do you need to go? As in now? As in now. Uh, I'll stay for a bit and then I might head off. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll stay for a bit and then I'll, I'll let you know. Right. Well, this is going to be a first because normally Brad does this, but um, he hasn't sort of, well, he's doing the show afterwards. We're doing a, 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 a transfer show at five o'clock, a transfer roundup uh, with Ant, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> if he got back from New Street, well, I think he was stuck at New Street yesterday. Either that or he just hadn't got his high chair and we couldn't see him on the camera. <laughs> was that low? <laughs> I saw him at the match the other day. Actually, he didn't see me. He was in the distance. I say in the distance. He might have just been stood right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So we're going to go through the player ratings. Um, so you can, you can, we'll get them off both of you while well, whilst you're both here. Obviously, going to start with Mads. Um, Kate, what do you think? So I'll give him a seven. I mean, he conceded three, but I don't think he could do a, a lot about any of them, really. There was one that went through Hamza's legs. I think it was the second one where you could argue he may, he may well have got to it, but I just don't think he could see it. Um, he got caught in the middle of the park at one point. I don't know if you remember that. He came out the, he came out of his area and he didn't really have any control of the situation. Mm. Um, so he had his, he had his, he had his mad, the mad moments. You can use that one again. So, <laughs> um, yeah, seven for me. It made some good saves, um, in fact, um, Neil. Oh, we're keeping you up, Neil. Are you all right there? No, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> no, I've gone for a six. I don't think he was, I think he was not his best performance, but I don't think it was the, his really any of his fault for the goals and things like that. So, I'll give him a six overall. Right. Um, Faz, Faze, whichever you want to call him, and I can never remember. Um, Kate? See, I, pre-watching the highlights, I gave him an eight, and then I've downgraded him to a seven because... And you called gets, Lukash. I know, because he gave <laughs> some really sloppy passes away, and one of them did lead to the goal, one of the goals. So I thought he had a really... On the day, I thought he had a great performance. Um, I thought he was full of intent in defence and attack. I thought he was such a positive positive uh, influence yesterday. He, he, for the last couple of games, I don't know whether he's changed it or Enzo's decided to change it. He looks more like he wants to push forward mm. um, and, you know, get, get it by the scruff of the neck like we used to see with Maguire from time to time. Um so, yeah, seven for me. And uh, yourself, uh, Neil? I've gone for a six, which might sound a bit harsh, um, but I think there was other players deserving of more ratings than him. I thought he was I thought he was decent. I thought he was good. I think he made some good blocks for some good times. Now, with you, I think at times he's made some really good last-ditch tackles, but, again, he didn't... For me, it was... With a player like that, you you do expect them to make some mistakes, and I think he did in this game. So give him a six overall. Okay, um, haven't agreed yet. You two, will we do it on the on the Great Dane, my my love child? Um, 
<laughs> I know. Um, uh, Kate? Yeah, seven again. I think he was a fairly steady Eddie. Um, he didn't make any errors yesterday. Um, but you can't be shipping three and getting good getting good results as a defender. So, um, yeah, seven for me. But I don't think he did a lot wrong. Um, he obviously was pushed a bit, like we've said. The game did change pace a bit. Um, I think he was forced to be more on the ball and have less time on the ball. But he seemed to cope well with it yesterday. So, yeah. Well, three sevens for you. Are you going to go three sixes, Neil? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go for a six as well. And I'm being, I'm being consistent in terms of my logic behind it. I don't think he did anything wrong. Um, but I don't think that, pretend, yeah, potentially a seven, but I'm going to go for a six, just kind of without touching on some of the things that Kate's saying. Yeah, no, no, no that, that is fine. Um, okay, next is James Justin. Seven. <laughs> so just like seven down here, and we'll just leave KDH. Yeah, there's a lot of sevens I have, but then that reflects my overall team rating. No, no, I'm only one. Yeah, I thought JJ was really solid yesterday. I just think mm. there was a couple of times where he didn't get over quick enough to stop the crosses. Um, but he was facing a hell of a lot of traffic down that down that side generally. Um, but he he seemed to deal deal well with it on the whole, and I think. I love JJ. He's pretty much one of my favourite players in the squad. I just have so much time for him. I think he's a really nice guy. He's been he's been devoted to getting back to full fitness, and every game he improves. And I think he's I think he's an absolute treat to watch when he's on song. So um, he's getting there. He's really getting there. Uh, Ask Neil. Neil, <laughs> I've gone for a seven. For I think well, he was. Be- I don't believe it. Yeah, sorry, say that again. You've gone for a seven. Gone for a seven, yeah. Right. So eight, you can go different. No, I think he was. I think he was out of the defenders. I think he was the best one. And Mm. um, in terms of defensively, I think he's tracking back. I think he's marking Sakamoto. I think is a really, really good player. Um, He he had one instance in the first five minutes where Hermanson had to push it on the post, and I thought. Was it going to be one of those games? But after that, I think he dealt with everything. I think the only problem was he probably wasn't substituted because I think at times he tired later on in the game and Endo didn't change it enough to bring on fresh legs in his position because I think that was needed. And and Sakamoto was the one player that Coventry kept, you know, when I was on their show, mentioning that he was going to be the threat. He was the one uh, that was going to, you know, basically, you know, put us to the sword. And like you say... Yeah, okay, a couple of times, you know, he got clear, but uh, but uh, I think he was kept, uh, was marshaled well. Um, Kate, um, Ricardo. Same again. There were some different scores. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, steady, he was a steady, steady Eddie. I'd just really love to see Ricardo do those runs that we used to see, like the penetrative runs. He's on running with the ball, he's great, and unleash a couple of shots every now and again as well. So... Um, but he did well. I had no problem there. He, he came across to help McAteer quite a bit um, on down that side. Um, his awareness, I think, has improved massively with his new his new role, for sure. Yeah, uh, Neil. I mean, I'm going for six and a half. I don't know if we can do that, but we don't do halves. No, it's got to be six or seven. <laughs> um, did he have as good as James game as James Justin? No, but only slightly. So that's my logic. Um, but He's yes, still arguing for a half, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, putting you, I'm putting you down for a seven. Yeah, that's fine. Seven as well. Yeah, again, just, yeah. yeah. He never has a bad game. No. 
he's not had a bad game. I'm, I'm with Kate as well. The fact that his new role, he's not bombing up and down like he used to, but his positional awareness is a lot better. His ability to almost act as a leader in that team as well, which is something that I didn't expect coming into this season. I wasn't expecting him to get the captain's armband a few times that he has, and I think he was he was given it in this game as well. Mm. And I, I think he's taken on that. Yeah. A lot. Indeed, indeed. Um, right, next one here. This this should be different. This should be different from Kate. Um, KDH. Yeah, I've given KDH an eight. You devil, you. You live dangerously, don't you? Yeah, and I and I rock and roll lifestyle over here, Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was a little bit slow for first half. Um, I think I've said that about across the board, though, the first 30 minutes. Um, but he grew into the game. I thought it looked leggy at the end. Really good penalty. Um, considering that he just got cleared out, really, um, and some of his runs and link-up play, he's just—he's just an absolute force. Considering his stature, you don't expect him to be tearing through the middle. You really don't. But he, he's, mm. his physicality has come on. I don't know if it's the last couple of months or so, but he can just shrug players off when he's running with the ball. And um, he's, yeah, he's just great to watch, isn't he? And he's got so much fire in his belly. Like I don't know if you could see it on the telly when he celebrated the penalty he was literally just stood there in front of the Leicester fans going come on then sing to me mm. like he's he's confident he's a Leicester boy and he's really got the fire in his belly at the minute which is great hence him saying that comment about the cough fans yesterday like he's a Leicester boy and he he is um definitely uh Neil I've gone for the same I think that I think what's really good at, at times as well he dropped there doesn't seem to be anything on, especially at Coventry. And he was the player that was like, no, let me just drive the ball up um, myself. Let me write. I'm going to handle this myself, drive the ball up. And then he's playing passes. So that gives Coventry something different to think about rather than just trying to play out and pass it around the back. of It's KDH to take the onus on to start some of the moves and get people out of positions. Mm. Right. Uh, moving on um, to uh, Harry Winks. Eight for me. Eight again, yeah. Um, yeah, he's class, isn't he? I don't, I don't, I don't really think I've seen him have a bad game yet. Touch water. He's just so consistent. Um, the calm in the storm. Um, he just clears up mess. He just mm. clears it up so um, with such style. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He's the sort of man you'd want to go out walking your dog with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, he's so like Madison in terms of how he carries the ball. It's, mm. it's sad that not, I've not, we've not seen them together um, because those two linking up, they're defensively and attacking the same kind of ball control player. And yeah, he's, he's great. I mean, Enzo must have thought he'd hit the, he'd hit the jackpot when, when we got him um, yeah. because he's just so good on the ball. Uh, two eights in a row from Kate Neal. Are you going to match it? Um, yeah. I was going to go for, yeah, again, I'm not going to do half, so I have to go to eight for that same reason that without trying to cover what Kate said. I don't think Ren is a bit, was, was a fan of Wings in today's no. game. He's uh, going for it. And I don't know about KDH being better, better than KDV. I think. I agree. I agree. <laughs> give, him a, give him a few years. Okay, I'm dreading this one. Cassidy, uh, <laughs> Kate. Well, I'm not as harsh as perhaps. I'll give him a five. Okay. Um, I mean, fine. I mean, like I say, this is, I'm, I'm wanting your opinion. So great. Um, yeah, I just, I, all the things that I've said, poor control. I don't think he's physical enough. Um, I thought he missed a really good chance after a great bit of link up play. 
um yeah he's there's just a lot of work to do with him i'm hoping it'll be it's a case of getting some game time who knows yeah um neil i've gone for a five as well i think that he was the weakest person on the pitch to be honest in terms of his performance how he works and i'm surprised he stayed on i would have more more likely was would be more happy to see him move on have a mm. stay on and then we would have got like a mcateer or even all brighton on would yeah. have given me a lot more hope than mac than cassidy and i just think he was good against millwall um Millwall second team but i can't see him developing that much so basically, it's hard, what... well, like, it's hard when you're young. I think Yuri used to have this problem when we first signed Yuri. You get to 60 minutes and he would be struggling, big time struggling, Yuri. And I can see it with Cassidy a bit. And I don't know whether it's one of those things where you just got to push through it and get 90 out of him five games on the trot and just push it through. But it's, I mean, it's not his fault he's not taken off if he's tired. Um, so I, I do understand that problem. But, but Yuri gave it everything in yeah. the first 60 minutes. You don't get that same feeling with Cassidy. Yeah, true. So basically, what you are both saying about Caster Day is... You are the weakest link, goodbye. Okay. <laughs> no, we've got a weaker link than that this week, Chris. Come on. Hmm. Have we? Yeah. Already said goodbye yeah. to him. <laughs> <laughs> Steffi Mavadidi. Mavadidi, I get a six. Okay. Only because he only had a half. And I thought he had a quiet first half, a little bit sloppy at times. Um, one of those things, the same what I've said before, the last part of the first half, we were just going into the game. So it's one of those things where he probably would have had a decent second half, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Neil? I've gone for, again, six as well. I just don't think we saw enough of him, but it's not his fault at the same time. I, just, I think... But as, when he got the ball, he did look good and he did look like he was getting a good working relationship with KDH, but he was taken off at half-time. Can't really... It wasn't his fault he was taken off as well. Mm. But it's what could have been. That's what I was saying. I think I'm going to have to put you two in detention for copying your homework. <laughs> Not allowed, we were just yeah. at the start. We were different at the beginning. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, here we go then. Maybe I was being a bit harsh on Cassidy as the weakest link, but... At least he, he did manage to sort of you know, stay on the pitch. Uh, <laughs> this guy didn't. Kate, go on, go for it. Three. Wow. And it, for lots of reasons. One, he only had a half. B, for the majority of that half, he was very quiet. Not massively his fault. He was really hanging on the touchline for a lot of that first half, almost begging for a diagonal pass that just never came. I don't really understand why we didn't utilise him a bit better. Um, and then just a moment of madness, I think, from, from him. And he'll, he'll live and he'll learn. And it's just, yeah, early bath. Yeah. Rene's been a lot harsher than you. Uh, with a one. Was that just for turning up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get on the ball. Uh Neil. I've gone for five um, for kind of a similar reason. Um, so I think he had a five because he was doing some good play in the first half. But it wasn't, it was the one touch pass that we were really good in trying to break Coventry's press that he's been really good at. And I enjoyed that. But again, he let us obviously down with that, um, with the with the red card. And, and he took ownership of that. And that's fine. But I say five overall. Overall. Okay. Um, last of the starters, Tom Cannon. I give a six 
Good cannon. We didn't have a hell of a lot to do. Um, isolated, do you think? A bit isolated. He had a couple of defenders on him. I don't think we got to play the game we wanted to play that would incorporate him a bit more. Coventry really made it difficult for us to play our usual game. He had a couple of long-range shots, but he was absent for a lot of the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Would you agree, Neil? I've put an NA because I don't think we saw enough to really judge. Honest, a, sorry, did you say? Um, not applicable. Oh, not applicable. Sorry, NA. He played like eighty minutes. But we didn't. See, we didn't get the ball. So how are you going to try and judge him if he's not if he's not there? But he's still so, on the pitch. I know, but you can't judge him because we didn't see him. But That's then again, then that should you should be maybe scoring him low, should you not? But that wasn't his fault. I don't know, Kate. What do you think, Kate? I think if you're taking part for 80 minutes, you can't not have a score. Oh, Neil. Neil. Controversial, sir. Controversial. Maybe he wasn't Maybe he wasn't seen, but he didn't make himself seen. You could argue it both ways. But in the second half... Yeah, but his... Mm... Come on, I'm going to push you for a score. He was on the pitch for 80 minutes. You can't say eight, the whole 80 minutes wasn't his fault. I wouldn't say it was his fault, but at the same time... It, what, the game plan that in the second half worked against him. That's why he was substituted. It wasn't his fault. Oh, and Chris is gone. <laughs> he's left us to it. That's what he's demonstrating there. Yeah, fine. we can go yeah. for a go for a six then. But I'm not. Oh, I just don't think it's worth it. It's not worth analysing that because he was just so he didn't get much of the ball. It's almost like trying to analyse um, some other. Well, nobody came on that that late that we couldn't analyse because like Hamza Chow had more of a game than him. In my opinion, I, I just I just felt like I was getting in the way then, you know. But uh, <laughs> I put you down for a, a forced six there. Um, right, we're going on now to substitutions. Um, I'm going to start with Chowdhury because I haven't put his picture up, so I've got to go <laughs> without having his picture up. Uh, Hamza Chowdhury, um, who wasn't on the pitch as long as uh, Cannon. Um, uh, Kate, are you able to mark him? Don't be cheeky. Um, I gave him a six uh, because he wasn't on for very long. I thought he looked a little bit lost. It was really hard. It was a really hard situation to come into in his kind of position and get stuck in and pick up the thread of where of where you are. So he did a lot of running around. He made some good tackles. Um, yeah, it was it was a really difficult ten minutes for him to come on. Really. Now, Neil, if you give him a ten here, I'm going to ban you. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I'll give him a 10? I'll give him a 9 point. No, no. Um, <laughs> 6 out of 10 as well. I just I think he came on. I think he did okay. Don't think he let it um, lit up, but he could have got more out of it. But I thought he was, yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It was good. But he could have, he could have, he, his levels can go higher than we saw in this game. Hmm. Interesting me to, to, to hear this one from you both. Uh, Casey McAteer, Kate. I've given him a six, but now I'm I'm dubious about that. I can only give him a six because he only had a half. Um, yeah, I thought he was lively, and for most part, he was quite good defensively. Um, I thought he looked fairly sharp actually. He was he looked sharper than I thought he was going to. Um, he had a lot to deal with on that side. Um, it was where everything was going through for them really, um, and he had his work put out. Ricky P had to come over a bit and help, um, but he was disciplined. Um, yeah, and the, the subs 
the subs gave him a massive headache. Um, that Ellis Sims, who came on in particular, was pulling out wide a bit and, and giving them something to think about there. So, um, yeah, it was a tough half for Casey. Yeah. Um, Neil? I'll go for, I, th- I was thinking between five and six, but then he did more positive than he did negative. But, again, it wasn't his kind of game, so five, six as well. Okay. Um, and finally, uh, Mr. Enzo. I didn't uh, know you rated the manager. Ah. <laughs> there you go. I like to, to surprise you, Kate. I'm gonna go for five, I think. Yeah. He yeah. got booked. I don't really know why he got booked. I've not seen that. Why did he get booked? He was arguing over. He was saying it should have been a second yellow card for one of oh. their players. And the referee and just actually going back to the referee, um, we're talking about him being inconsistent. Um, was it Mavadidi who kicked the ball into the crowd when we won a corner? And yes, he got referee... quite lost, didn't he? The, the yeah, crowd was yeah. about Mavadidi, yeah. yeah. And the referee came over and spoke to him. Justin in the second half headed when the ball was already out, headed it into the crowd and he got spoken to. But he actually booked a Coventry player for kicking it out. Yeah, it, like you say, consistency within 90 minutes is what, what you know, is maybe not over two games, but certainly within the 90 minutes, you'd expect the decisions to be the same. But anyway, uh, five for Enzo, Neil. Yeah, me, I'll go for a six. Um, but again, only slightly. I just don't think it was his kind of game, and I don't think he managed the so if I saw five substitutions of leadership quality then I would give him a bit higher but didn't see and, and again the fact we only used two subs the fact we down to 10 men I thought was and the amount of running we're doing that should that was blaring that was obvious and I thought Enzo mm. would have spotted that and I've seen him spot stuff like that in the past but so why didn't in this game I mean I agree with you but I'd have probably gone five and a half and then I'm allowed to it's my channel <laughs> <laughs> but no um look at the end of the day it's probably one of only two seriously games where he's got it wrong and i think if we can say out of 27 games it's been as few as that then um we uh we can't complain we've had a lot worse last season guys thank you very very much um it's always not as nice to uh dissect a defeat but it has to be done um thank you for coming on neil um do you want to tell everybody where they can find you the links in the description but uh, give your channel a shout out yeah, so just beyond the 90. So, yeah, thanks for having me on, Chris. You probably see logo and, yeah, link inscriptions there. Thanks, Chris. Another problem beyond the 90. And, Kate, where can people um, find you and your sausages? They are on Twitter at KateBlakey40. There we go. If you want to know anything about sausages, Kate is your woman. Thanks Don't very much. Ipswich. Ipswich coming up. Um Worried very quickly. Worried about that one, or are we going to get back on uh, back on course? I'm not worried. I'm looking forward to it. Um, oh. I think it will be. Yeah, I think it'll be a really good game again. I think Ipswich came off a, a well fought win yesterday. Sunderland could have really Sunderland could have got the points there, to be honest. Um, but you ride your luck, and yeah, I think Ipswich will be up for it. Uh, do are you worried about it? Uh, I'll just take that off, um, Neil. Not there we go. In. Are you worried about it at all? Um, I was more worried about Coventry than about Ipswich. Mm. So 
oh, I'm just looking at the players going, we've got time off now, relax, um, learn from the mistakes, and then hopefully we can go 13 points clear by Tuesday. I mean, if we don't win it, let's say, and excuse me, I, I seem to have lost the, the picture. There we go, got it back. Um, is it a must win? Because, I mean, you know, if we, if we lose this and then Ipswich beat us, it's edging that little bit closer, isn't it? I'm not too bothered. The fact that we've got six points, um, it goes down to seven points to the top. Not, I'm not genuinely not too worried, even if we lose that. It's the manner in which we lose, I think, is important. Mm. I mean, at the moment, Kate, yeah, like you say, it's um, seven points at the moment. That would take it down to four if they beat us. Seven. Um, yeah, the, um, that's, yeah, it's seven, yeah, it's seven, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, they didn't play. Yeah. yeah. So it takes it down to four. Um, do, does it, not saying it's anything to worry about, but is it is it nervy times, do you think, squeaky bum time? Absolutely, because that's just two draws, really, that you then mm. have to, um, I just think it, I think it is a, a, a must win in the sense of just putting our clout back on to show that we're not going to get derailed by anybody. We can lose the odd game. That's no problem. Um, I just don't like the thought of losing two on the bounce, especially because I just think Southampton will continue to do really well. I just don't want to give anybody an added incentive. I think that's the, you've got to keep one step ahead of your opponents in terms of being in a better mental frame of mind to yeah. see out the season. And I, to get if we could get that double digits back again, that that feels great, doesn't it? <laughs> it did. You, you mentioned this yesterday. It is the double digits? You're a big double digit fan, Absolutely. are you? Yeah. Right. Um, I can see that uh, Neil's getting ready for bed, so he's uh, <laughs> tired. Thanks very much, guys. I will see you on Monday night, Kate. Yes, I'll you will. That, I'll sort that Facebook thing out, and I will see you all soon. Thanks very much, Bye. guys. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Bye. See you later. Bye. -bye. Thanks so much to Kate. Thanks so much to Neil for coming in. Um, we are going to be back in, what time are we on now? In 20 through 23 minutes with a transfer special. I'll be joined by Ant uh, from Ant's Leicester Fan Channel. And I shall be joined by Bradley, um, obviously from LTIDTT2. It's not easy to say that. Uh, thanks very much to everybody that's watching. If you've been listening on the podcast, thank you very much for lending me your ears. And also, um, thank you very much to everybody that's been in the chat. Really do appreciate you joining in. Um, take care. Share it. If you've liked this video, share it. And uh, also, subscribe and smash that like button. It really does make a difference and help the channel. Thank you so very much. See you in 20-odd minutes, guys. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too or I'll be back. The TalkSport Fan Network is the ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Including Leicester Till I Die. Independent analysis and reaction for the Foxes faithful. The TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Follow the podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.